we're going to talk with three important members of our community about a new curriculum called Peace Officers and Standard Training, which is known as POST. We're joined by Nevada County Sheriff Shannon Moon. Uh, Shannon, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Felton. We're also joined by Grass Valley Police Chief Alex Gamelgard. Alex, it's a pleasure. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on your show as well. Thanks. And we're joined by Hospitality House Executive Director Nancy Baglietto. Nancy, uh, it's my understanding you kind of spearheaded this or Hospitality House spearheaded this. Yes, there was uh, an innovations grant um, that was a possibility for us to apply for. And um, it was a kind of a unique opportunity for law enforcement to interface with, um, with a homeless service provider. And so we wrote a grant proposal to uh, create a curriculum that would allow for law enforcement to work with our social services staff. And um, we won the grant award and are, to my knowledge are still the first um, agency of our kind uh, throughout the state of California doing this. And that was a, a year and a half ago, two years ago this started? Yeah, about two years ago. And it sounds like a, uh, a wonderful opportunity for our community to put all of these resources together. How did you figure out who, who gets involved in this? Well, it's kind of um, a short list in Nevada County. I mean, there, um, you know, there's, uh, there's three teams that pretty much work together. And obviously, that's the Nevada County Sheriff's Department and the City of Grass Valley Police Department and Nevada City Police Department. And I just reached out to them. They're all wonderful community leaders. We all work together well. We had a few meetings um, together. We saw the common need and the goal. And then what we did is we um, had the opportunity through the grant to fly to San Diego and meet with the PERT team, the Psychiatric Emergency Response Team in um, San Diego. And we learned a little bit about what they're doing. And that's a general, um, it's mental health uh, in addition to law enforcement. But we were also interested in one of the other uh, pieces of this, which was the homeless piece and um, how this PERT team in San Diego was also incorporating kind of this homeless component, mental health and law enforcement. I think we were all pretty jazzed. We came back from it with a lot of cool ideas, but we also knew that we had to make it very specific to our own community. Nevada County is very special. We have a lot of unique qualities and we wanted to make sure that that was reflected in any curriculum that we put together. Well, it certainly sounds like a very positive uh, collaboration for our community and um, needed collaboration for our community. I, I'm sure that uh, Sheriff Moon and Chief Gamelgard, you, your staff and, and your officers are the ones that are on the front lines every day dealing with the homeless, as well as Hospitality House. But I'm, I'm sure that when you took your jobs years ago, there was a way that you looked at this and then things have changed over the last couple of years. Um, let, me, let me ask you first, Sheriff Moon, how, how are you viewing this now and how has things changed over the years? That's a, that's a great uh, way to put it. You know, when, when I started in this business, uh, it was 31 years ago. <laughs> and to look at what we do now compared to what we did uh, 30 years ago, uh, a lot has changed. And I think a lot has changed for the better on uh, just being responsive and, and listening to what the community uh, needs are for, for very specific communities instead of a broad brush. I think that's, that, if that's the the, the, the biggest lesson that I've learned throughout the years is, you know, taking, taking what our services are, that we get very granular and in, in, in the grind of what services we provide, but recognizing it has a direct impact on, on the community and, and 
in every single call that we we go on. So I know for for me personally, when Nancy reached out and said, "Hey, would you like to be a part of a solution?" Uh, what a what a great way in which uh, a nonprofit can can come in and and help us. That they see the need, they they are in the direct service line with with our homeless community, and uh, probably heard stories or even if they didn't hear stories, just just wanting to make sure that uh, we had all the, the tools uh, that we could have so that we can, again, provide a, a, a better outcome. Uh, I was absolutely on board and getting to hang out with, with Alex and uh, Chad in Nevada City while he was here and, and just, just really being able to look at each of our services. And some of them are very similar and some of them are different, but coming up with solutions, I think, is, is a, a very important. Chief Gamelgard, uh, let's talk about how policing has changed for you since you've been working in Grass Valley. Well, I don't know if you have enough time, uh, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, in the context of what we're talking about here and trying to move the needle on how we provide services and in particular to the homeless population and to other historically marginalized communities, you know, it, it's changed a lot. And I think we're going to continue to see it change. And I don't think that we can look at the way we've done business before as any, any type of model of how we should be looking at doing things in the future. Programs and curriculum and training like this is so important to helping make sure our staff is educated, has the best tools and is educated around the best practices of how we want to deliver service. And also that, that our staff understands the direction that those of us that are in charge with leading our organizations are, are moving us. And that is influenced by partnerships with organizations like Nancy's at Hospitality House and others and watching the the trends legislatively and across the country is how we're gonna continue to evolve. So I, I would argue that law enforcement has been in the last few years and probably will be in the years to come one of the most progressively changed jobs that people do. And so we're blessed to have good partnerships with our allied law enforcement agencies and even more so with our with our community members and the service organizations doing the kind of work that is uh, able to inform those conversations. I feel that in our community, we're very lucky to have uh, two people like you in charge of our police organizations. There are so many issues that that, uh, an officer has to deal with every day when going out on a call. We have our standard, I guess our listeners have our standard views of a police officer, which we got from television and movies and maybe personal interaction. But the realities have changed so much in the last decade and and the needs and and what we require of our officers as far as understanding uh, mental illness and substance abuse has changed so much in the last 10 years that it requires a police force to constantly be changing. And I think we should say thank you for uh, taking on this challenge. That's the type of, of officer that we're looking for and deputy that we're looking for, people that want to come in and and you constantly get that in your interview process. And I'm sure Alex gets it too when you get a brand new officer that comes in and you say, why do you want to be a deputy sheriff or a police officer? And they say, well, I just want to help people. And we're, we're truly making that the important piece of, of coming into law enforcement is you, you your job is to help people find solutions. Typically people call you could be the worst day of their life. And if they're not calling you for the worst day of their life, they might be involved in the call where it's the worst day of their life and how you respond with, with care, concern, you know, all those things that, that truly 
do bring that, as Alex said, moving that needle and, and looking at root causes of issues instead of just looking at ways to enforce. It's, you know, we enforce the law, but that is such a, a, a small part of the job that each one of our, our first line uh, responders do out in the community. A lot of it is finding solutions, doing those referrals for people so they know where to, uh, to obtain services. Sometimes uh, when you're in crisis and you know, things are going on. The last thing, you know, you're thinking of is, is getting on your phone and Googling where to get some services. So providing that education piece and, and working with the hospitality house on, on, you know, putting out that information for our staff on what are our local resources, where can people get, get assistance and what, you know, who are those contacts? And when you work in a, a community like ours, you know, it is, you know, I, I'm grateful because you get to know who that person is and who's in charge of those agencies so that you have that built up relationship where you can call someone and say, hey, this person needs some help. Uh, I think that those, those things are critical. When an officer responds, usually if it's a domestic situation at a house or a homeless situation out in the field, the, the reasons for that call are pretty much the same, no matter what. It's usually there's something going on with that person in their head, which would involve perhaps knowing counseling, which I'll go back to uh, Director Baglietto here about what kind of counseling are we offering the officers now so that they're better um, prepared for these involvements? Well, one of the things that we all did collectively, um, Shannon was Shannon's team, Alex's team, uh, Chad's team, is, um, is that we all came together to kind of establish what we wanted in the curriculum. That was part of the grant funding this curriculum development and what was needed. So those involved a lot of different pieces from de-escalation to reduction in use of force to you know, active listing. There's a lot of pieces that, that go to this. And so a lot of it was input from officers, input from deputies, input from us leaders as to what we thought. Hospitality House was certainly in those conversations and helping to lead some informed discussions. And then it became um, something that the uh, Board of uh, Standards for Community Corrections, that's BSCC is the funder, they worked with us to, um, to get this format of a curriculum into something that we could replicate. And that's where um, we led trainings to train trainers. So some of our own, our own team here in Nevada County is actually helping to lead some of those trainings and informing, you know, how officers should approach a situation. And I think we're all better when we can kind of work together and leverage off of each other's strengths. So what Hospitality House brings to the table is case management. And what law enforcement brings to the table is their ability to interface safely with the community. So Shannon's uh, and Director uh, Phoebe Bell of Behavioral Health, they also have another team that, that works with getting mental health therapists involved. Our team that we have in Grass Valley, we don't have necessarily a component yet, but we will. Um, but the, the case management piece is really important. We know these people, as Shannon said, many of the people that we work with, we know well, we know them, uh, we know them by name. And our goal is to address what their issues are and help law enforcement and case management work together to the common goal, whether or not that be getting them into housing, whether or not it be temporary shelter, recovery, any kind of service that they may, may need, including hospitalization or medical treatment. So the training is vast. It's, it's over the course of many days and it's ongoing. It's not going to be something that any of us believe in just doing once or twice. Uh, we're all very committed to this for the long haul. 
One thing that has been suggested is that you might want to send a counselor out with the police when they answer certain calls. Now that would require more payroll. That would, that would be a funding issue as well as a training issue. Are there any plans for such moves as that? Yes, it's happening right now in real time. So it's happening both and and I'll let Shannon speak to what's happening at the um, Nevada County uh, Sheriff's Department with behavioral health and on Chief Gamelgard and I are working on a program called CalVIP, which, which is another grant opportunity. So we're writing the curriculum and then we're putting it into good use uh, right on the streets. And it is a law enforcement officer paired with a case manager. And that is what they do. And, um, and then we leverage the entire resources of the home team and all other community resources that we have to make sure that we're ensuring the best of the positive outcomes that we can get, depending on what the need is. Yeah, and on the, on the sheriff's side, it's a mobile crisis response team. And, and again, a lot of that came from the opportunity given to us through hospitality housing going down to San Diego and actually seeing the programs down there. I looked at it as a, we didn't have that, that funding piece that Nancy was talking about with another grant. So I said, well, uh, let's fund it for a pilot to see kind of what the benefits are. And so we started that in uh, December of 2020. And uh, we've, we've seen some, some, some great outcomes from some of the contacts. We have a, a contracted clinician that goes out uh, into the field with uh, paired up with the deputy sheriff and they handle welfare checks, people in crisis calls, just about anything on, on that, that pops up for the day, uh, they, depending on what kind of scheduling that they have with, with appointments and things like that, because they do a lot of follow-up as well. So in the past, what we've done is we'll handle a crisis call with the deputy sheriff and refer to services, and then we go on to our next calls. And there's not a lot of follow-up from our end on if the people were able to, to reach out for, for services or not. So a lot of the, the mobile crisis team does a lot of follow-up on the next day and the next week to just check in with folks and see how they're doing, if they need any more assistance. And like I said, that's a two-year pilot project. Uh, we're still collecting the data, but so far it, it looks like it's extremely beneficial for us. Chief Gamelgard, can you speak to um, some of the goals that you have with this program for your officers? One, I mean, there's there's measurable goals and then there's the intangibles. And I'll speak first to the intangibles around relationship building. We know that if we want to be more proactive and more productive in trying to limit otherwise predictable behaviors down the road, we have to build relationships, which is why putting a, an outreach worker with our officer makes sense because what we want to do is kind of destigmatize the issue around law enforcement officers and as we've been changing, sometimes the community or um, the folks we're providing service to aren't seeing that change as rapidly as maybe has actually occurring. So we want people to understand this, this new paradigm for law enforcement and how we do our work. And we're trying to build those relationships on the street with the officer and the outreach worker so that we can make meaningful changes in the right moments in those people's lives. Uh, it's not it's not as simple as walking up and offering someone services. Uh, it has to be a targeted intervention at the right time for the right reasons. And you have to have a lot of things kind of in place for those, those things to happen. And so that's, that's the side right there. So relationships with our, with our homeless individuals and for others who have a propensity for either committing or being the victims of criminal activity. And as a result of that, then having a potential negative effect on our quality of life in our larger community. 
On the metric side, we have a number of metrics that we're looking at from number of people served to um, movement from unsheltered living situation to shelter environment or to long-term housing, reducing adverse calls for service called in by community members within certain areas or within our general community as a, as a whole. Can the work we do up front reduce the likelihood and incidences of activity, negative activity later? Those are some of them. So that's kind of the approach we're taking, but we do believe that the foundation of all that is, is relationships with the people we're serving and relationships with the entities and agencies that we're interfacing with where we can refer people to and hopefully make positive impacts. Would you say that's trust in the end? Yeah, I think you can kind of interchange the word relationship with trust, right? In order to have a meaningful relationship, it needs to be built on that on that mutual trust and understanding each other first and foremost at our humanity level, not at a transactional level of here's who I am and this is what I'm bringing to the table. But here I want to understand what's going on in your life and how we can work together to make your life, my life, the community a better place. One of the things I saw in the press release where there was a line about empathy-based interviews and engagement, which seems like common sense, but uh, um, can you speak to that? Yeah, and I'll let some of the others speak to it. But, you know, as Sheriff Moon mentioned, there, there's always that component around human capital and resources and time that we have, you know, by freeing up resources uh, like the sheriff's team or our team to do a certain dedicated type of work, they no longer um, are as reliant upon having to go to the next call for service. And so that's where we can really apply a dedicated resource without those time constraints and then build those relationships and make those connections. And, and in order to do that, it takes time. We all know that. And for me to have an empathy-based interview and really want to help understand maybe the root causes or um, understand a, another individual's circumstances in order for me to be able to help as effectively as possible, we need to take time to do that. And that's why these programs, I think, will be be successful. Sheriff Moon and Chief Gamelgard, are analytics uh, being applied in this in any way? Yeah, we're using, uh, I have a, a senior analyst on staff that's looking at all of the, the data that our, our mobile crisis team puts together. We are still on the, on the queue to, to go through the post-training through Hospitality House, and, and we're scheduled, so I'm really excited about getting all of the staff through that. But as far as the mobile crisis team, yeah, we I've got an analyst that that uh, is collecting the data points. Uh, we're, we're having uh, meetings, regular meetings with the folks at Sierra Wellness for uh, where the contract clinician is, and just looking at the the data. And we're looking at the types of calls that they're responding to. We're measuring to see if if we go back to that same person on another crisis call, or have we we gotten the the crisis into more of a, a resource deployment instead of a, a crisis. That's the benefit. Um, fewer trips to the, the uh, crisis stabilization unit. I think if we meet people where they are in the community and provide that service and that referral there, I think, I think that helps in the, in, like I said, with the outcome. And then, you know, what, what, what I, you know, data is one thing, uh, but what, one of the things that I think is, a, is an absolute benefit is having our staff be able to witness our clinician in the field and seeing that firsthand conversation, that firsthand way in which our clinician is able to, you know, talk with people. I think that is priceless. And, and you can go to a PowerPoint class and you can go to a curriculum. You can talk with, with folks that are experiencing homelessness. 
but to see it live in the field is almost that on-the-job training piece that I, that I'm really uh, I've been really excited about seeing and having our staff come forward and and really uh, talk about that benefit piece on what they've learned in the last few months having our clinician on board and again relation relationship building is so important uh, it it really does humanize everything and it puts that humanity into every single piece to where it's you know we're all one bad day away from something catastrophic happening and and just having staff recognizing that and seeing people and in, in doing exactly what they said they wanted to come to work for is to help people. Director Baglietto, uh, one of the unpleasant topics to talk about with the homeless is their involvement with wildfires. What techniques and what plans do you have to help mitigate these circumstances? Well, Hospitality House uh, does its very best to assist when possible, again, um, often in partnership with law enforcement, uh, both the Sheriff's Department and um, uh, Grass Valley PD have been very instrumental in working with us to uh, to help do camp cleanups. Uh, we do them fairly regularly, although COVID has kind of slowed our progress down a little bit. But we do try to move people out of camps whenever possible. There's been a real push this year with using motel rooms because of COVID too, and trying to get as many people off of the streets and into supervised shelter um, through the use of motels. And, and this year uh, in particular, there's been more funding available for that, both at the federal and the state level um, that's been coming online. So that's been extremely helpful. That said, um, at some point, you know, that the world will return back to the way <laughs> what we understood as normal before. And Hospitality House will remain committed to having our outreach team, uh, both with law enforcement and without at various times, get out into those camps and try and really pull people out and get them connected to service. With our new, with this post training that we're doing and Hospitality House's uh, partnership with uh, Grass Valley Police Department as part of our CalVit program, the larger home team effort. I really think that we're going to be able to make larger inroads with trying to move people into more productive outcomes. But it is a, a challenge in our in our Nevada community because it's you know we live in a wooded area, and fire is you know it's a concern statewide. I mean we're all very worried about that. So we do our best. It's it's certainly on our radar, and it's a it's a daily uh, and weekly and monthly goal to um, to try and mitigate for that. I understand this is probably a better question for our Grass Valley Fire Chief, Mark Buttram, but what percentage of homeless people are responsible for fire wildfires in our area each year? Do uh, Sheriff or uh, Chief, do you know these numbers? I'm not sure um, what percentage of the homeless population is responsible. A number that has been reported, I, I don't know it specifically, is the number of human-caused um, wildfire dispatches and then they break them down from there within you know the acreage that's burned um, luckily because of our incredibly talented and um, the resources that come to the table from a fire perspective our fire folks are um, some of the best in the industry and in their response and dealing with those but still one one fire as we know can be one too many fires as it relates to just catastrophic um, impact in the community uh, so kind of to Nancy's point earlier and, um, Sheriff and I have these conversations, but 
empathy and all those things we talked about are hundred percent on the, the right direction about how we should be interfacing with people. But when we have uh, intense fire risks, we do take a very strong um, enforcement approach around uh, fire in wooded areas. And so within the city of Grass Valley, we have enhanced um, fire ordinances that say you cannot have a fire um, on an unapproved parcel and, and things like that. And we do take it seriously and we send officers out uh, primarily you know, all times of the year, but primarily during fire season and even more aggressively um, in the days leading up to maybe a PSPS event or a wind event, a red flag warning, and we take a zero tolerance approach uh, because ultimately that's the best thing for our community and in turn it's the best thing for that individual that's living in that unsheltered environment. Yeah, I, th I think the only thing I'd add to that, uh, Felton, is, you know, once someone is incarcerated, especially for something that that's that serious, uh, you know, that, that, that piece of uh, incarceration with medical mental health services uh, is, is so important. So while they're in our care and custody of, of ensuring that we meet uh, all the, all the uh, standards of, of how we can provide care for that person uh, to try to, to get them to change that behavior when they, when they leave, you know, we can, we, we, we try to, you know, we, we all put out there in the community how important it is to be fire safe. And, and the, uh, as, as the chief said, when, when we're leading up to PSPS, but sometimes, uh, it, you know, for whatever reason, that mental health issue, that substance abuse issue, uh, and then we see them get in, uh, once they're incarcerated, is then, uh, then we've got some undivided attention uh, to where we can actually sit down and, and have those conversations and, and have sub substance abuse uh, counselors and mental health uh, clinicians talk to them in custody to see exactly uh, what that root cause is and try and get them in, you know, to connection with their families uh, and, and other services so that they're not uh, putting us, putting us all at that risk. Uh, I think that's an important piece that would probably be a, an entire day on, on your, on your, on your show here to talk about what we can do uh, better while people are incarcerated. And Felton, I would close with one other thing that um the county has um, has also been instrumental in um, forging a partnership with um, with Hospitality House for extreme weather events. Um, and when extreme weather, um, which PSPS does fall under that category, we do open up shelters and there's more staffing. So when we can, we also provide that extra additional um, assistance. And uh, Sierra Roots also is involved in that effort. All right. Well, kind of to wrap this up, we're talking about POST, which is the Peace Officer Standard Training. Could each of you speak to um, how you're going to measure success with this program? And I'll start with Sheriff Moon. Yeah, first, first of all, making sure that all of our staff have the opportunity to go through the course. Uh, uh, a lot of folks did a lot of hard work to, to put this together, to, to provide this uh, wonderful training and, you know, making sure that, that we have that accountability piece on uh, going to the courses. And then, you know, looking at uh, auditing and, and looking at behavior afterwards and, and having those conversations so that it's not just a check the box training, uh, that we actually look at those, that, that certain uh, outcome out into the community when it comes to uh, having those calls for service with, with people that are experiencing homelessness. And then constantly having those conversations with the staff on what can we do better. It's been a long time since I rode in a patrol car and, and, and responded to calls for service. So we have to listen to our staff as to what the needs are 
uh, on on what we and how we can do better. And you know that's that's the whole point of working together within this community. And and so grateful that that Nancy and the crew over at Hospitality House called us and asked us to to be involved. Chief Gamelgard, how will you measure success with this program? Yeah, the first thing I would echo what Sheriff Moon said is that just ensuring that every single one of our patrol staff that are interacting with people on a daily basis are having consistent local training that is applicable to the work they do and the resources they have available and learning more about themselves. Um, I had the opportunity to go through this two-day training. It's a, it's a big commitment, you know, uh, to sit there away from your other obligations for two days, but I think it was well worth it because it hit on topics from how do you, how do you do de-escalation from a physical mental standpoint and certain ways to do it all the way to um, those empathy-based interviewing skills and emotional intelligence, knowing enough about your own self in order to interact well with others. Um, So making sure that, that our folks are going, which we're committed to and, so thank you to Hospitality House for bringing this because so many of our staff have gone before to trainings that are like crisis intervention trainings or things of that nature in other communities. And it just doesn't relate because they go there and they learn about communities, resources in other areas. So this is great to have this. Secondly, you know, we are always looking at metrics around incidences of use of force, um, potential flagging of an individual officer may have a higher incidences and, and why. I say that with a caveat, though, because as a small agency, those numbers don't mean near as much as they would in a huge agency, because if you had a 10% deviation, you know, that might be less than one incident over a, a year, you know, if you're talking like 10 incidences total. But, but you know, looking at that over the historical trends and as additional things come online um, from technology and tools all the way to legislative changes, how, how we're making an impact. And then the third piece is um, culture. Um, Using this to affect culture so that tomorrow or next year or five years from now, our organization doesn't think the same way that they did before this training, that we use it to understand how we deliver services in a more effective and more compassionate and and empathy-based police services. I think that's that one, again, it's like one of those harder ones to measure, but that's where it really matters is that our individuals are providing that highest level most compassionate and and passionate service that they can to our community. If we can make that change over time and always be moving in the right direction there, then we're going to be better off as a community and better off as a law enforcement organization. Director Baglietto, what does Hospitality House see as success for the POST program? Well, I'd say that, first of all, I'd like to echo, um, you know, Chief Gamelgard and Sheriff Moon, because I think they've, they've kind of summed it up pretty well. But I will say that one of the things Um, has already happened, which is how well we all work together. Um, You know, I'm newer to Nevada County, and I know Shannon's been here her whole life and Alex too, but all of us are sort of newer to our roles, our leadership roles, and this, you know, Sheriff Moon ascended into her position and Alex is chief. And we've really used every minute of that time to kind of um, really bridge communication gaps, work together effectively, we're interacting and interfacing with each other all the time, daily. And um, and I think the same thing goes with officers and deputies and case managers. Everybody really kind of works well together. And I think that was part of the first step of building trust, building relationships. Everybody's had a commitment to that in spades. And I do think it is unique to Nevada County. Coming from the Bay Area, I, I, I can 
assure you that this wasn't uh, common, very uncommon. Uh, so I think that piece of it, the relationship that needed to happen at the leadership level has been really remarkable and something that I'm so proud to be a part of uh, the team. I just feel very proud of that. It's, it's the training piece. It's getting people trained. It's the coordination. We're really kind of trying to fill in those gaps and, and using the data to identify where we need to do better. And it's also a diversion to jail. You know, we've talked about a lot of other elements to this, but really just, um, you know, for our homeless community, um, sometimes just being homeless is, is a challenge in and of itself, just being on the street and not having a home to go to. And so finding alternatives to jail and uh, trying to use that time to engage in a relationship and build trust over time is really key. Well, I certainly want to thank all of you for joining in in this discussion. We've been talking with Nevada County Sheriff Shannon Moon, Grass Valley Police Chief Alex Gamelgard, and Hospitality House Executive Director Nancy Baglietto. Good luck, all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.